another episode of Progression Over Destination. In case this is your first time tuning in, my name is Jack Maroney and I'm joined by my co-host, Matthew Price. Last week, we caught up with Hannah Morgan from Heads Above the Waves, which is always an absolute pleasure to do so. We spoke about Heads being a not-for-profit organisation and the three other jobs that she juggles to keep her head above the waves. This week, we have another guest from across the pond and his name is Dylan Gilligan. He is the founder of American-based screen printing company Upstate Merch. What started out with just a pin badge maker soon snowballed into something much, much bigger. We are slowly approaching episode 10, which is an incredible achievement for both myself and Pricey because neither of us thought we'd ever get this far. If you have enjoyed listening, then please do follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, at Progression Over Destination. Please enjoy the episode. Well, welcome to Progression Over Destination. This is episode number seven with me, Matt Price, and Jack Maroney from Old Eldons. Can you state your name, your occupation, and your favorite beige snack, please? <laughs> My name is Dylan Gilligan. I'm the owner of Upstate Merch. And favorite beige snack? Um, I don't know. I like Ritz crackers, if that's beige enough. That's super that beige. beige. That's super that's, beige. That's <laughs> extremely beige, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> Yeah, they, they're handy to have everywhere. If you've got, if you've got kids? Yeah, I have two. Yeah, that's where the, the Ritz crackers come in, yeah. right? Yeah, fucking they're, they're, instantly. <laughs> they're always, you've got to have a pack of those in the cupboard, man. Otherwise, yeah. it's just not we worth had, living. We had uh, Ian from Long Island on from Amity Irons Tattoo, and his favorite beige snack was a meat pie. That's not a beige <laughs> snack. I know, yeah. But we <laughs> gave it to him because... We had nothing else to go on. Yeah. And he's he's big and hard. Yeah. <laughs> he's a tough motherfucker. Yeah. So I'm not arguing with him. Yeah, you can't, you can't argue with that. <laughs> so, Jack, you can go on to the first question because I kind of run it like last week. Yeah, man, that's, that's cool. How, how did you, uh, how did Upstate Mage come about? How long have you been doing it for? And uh, uh, did you get any funding or anything in the beginning? No, not really. Um, I started when I was about 17 year old, years old. So that was like 15 years ago. Um, I basically was in a band and my wife, well, my girlfriend at the time was really big into like crafting and selling stuff on Etsy. And, uh, we, we were kind of dabbling and getting merch for the band and, uh, she ordered like one inch buttons, like the little badges. Yeah. And, uh, she paid like an absorbent amount for them. And I was like, there's no fucking way this like bag that fits in your hand is worth the like whatever like eighty dollars or something she paid for them so yeah in in outrage i went online and i immediately bought my own button press <laughs> and uh everything i needed to make buttons and then uh being in the band i was like well fuck if she can make this money selling buttons i'm gonna make that money selling buttons so i started yeah. making this shitload of buttons for all these bands and then uh good buddies of mine were like well why don't you outsource t-shirts and stickers too um so I started doing that. I found a company in Georgia that would do the t-shirts and stuff. And then it got to the point where I was outselling their sales staff. So they were like, uh, they were like, Hey, what about if we buy your button company and move you to Georgia and you can be like, had a sale. Shit. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I got nothing else going on. So I literally got married and then the next day loaded the U-Haul and drove to Georgia. How far is that from? where you were it's like 16 hours Holy it's like 1500 miles i think shit man so, so like we moved there to spain 
<laughs> yeah, we uh we moved there. We were there for like a year and a half. It was a good time, but I didn't like Georgia. The like temperature and like the way it is down there is a lot different than up here in the north. So Yeah. Um it wasn't really for me. And then I decided to move back to New York with everything I learned and start my own company here. And that, that was a little over 10 years ago now. So, wow. Um, Class. But yeah, I had no money. Like when we came back, basically I spent everything I had to get the U-Haul, like move. We moved back into my wife's parents Yeah. and I had a motorcycle and that was like the only thing I had worth anything. So I sold that for like $4,500 and then I took that money and bought like a press and a dryer. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just gone on from there. Took, took off like crazy since then. How many years did you did you stay on manual before going auto? Uh, probably like four and a half, maybe. Um, that was our big thing. Is like I'm kind of the guy where I want to make sure we exhaust all possible options before we dive into something that's like a big deal like that. Yeah, so I think we had at one point we had like four manuals and like two dryers. Oh wow! And, okay. And, it got to the point where in the summer we were working to like nine, 10 o'clock every night. And I was like, yeah, something's got to change. Yeah. So we ended up getting funding together for an auto. And then, uh, we got the M and R sportsman, which we love. And, uh, yeah, ever since then it was like that year we got that, it started to like, feel like, Oh, cool. We're working until like five o'clock. And then the next year it was the same thing. Like we were so busy again that we were working until like, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night. So I ended up oh, buying no, another thanks. auto. Yeah. yeah, and we had those two. Did you, have two you got autos. Um, just that? Just being inquisitive. Have you gone and bought a bike now? Or oh, we have a couple of bikes now. Yeah, I couldn't go oh, that. Good. <laughs> no, yeah. that's that's one awesome thing about where we're at too, and and the people that work here is almost everybody that works here rides. Cool. In the, in the summer, awesome. the parking lots like mostly bikes, and uh, if it's a nice day, we're like, fuck it, let's go for a long ride and have lunch. Nice. So it's pretty good, yeah. I'm still on my uh, training wheels and and pricey as well. I I recently sold my bike because, like, before the the virus kicked in, I was like, right, I'm going to sell my bike, and that is going to make me give me the money then to do my bigger test and give me enough money to get like the deposit on my next bike. So I sold it, and then this fucking pandemic happened, and I'm like, (laughs) I really wish I didn't sell it because I could just be like going around and having a bit of a jolly, go to some beaches, no. That's the nice thing about having a bike right now is that nobody can look at you funny because you're just like, it's a good way to get outside and do something. Yeah. Yeah. Being stuck indoors. But here where we're at, I don't know where it's like where you guys are, but like it's basically like shitty and rainy every day. Yeah. It's the same here. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, yeah. It's not been like it for a month, man. We've had some really good weather. Like, really, really good weather. We've had like, we've had like five good days in the past, like, Two months like every other like right now it's pouring rain it's like pouring you know, I, outside. We, i think it's the last two days since we've been locked down that we've had crap weather <laughs> like we can't compare at all i've got tan yeah. it's like <laughs> it's supposed to be like i think it's supposed to be like 65 this weekend and sunny so we'll get two days before it goes back to being rain and shitty again how hot does it get in uh in the unit with you with the dryers going and everything the flash dryers and uh not too bad we we got pretty good flow and insulation and stuff. Like I would say not like a really hot summer day, maybe a hundred. What's but that for us? Fuck knows. I don't 
30, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's hot. Sounds hot, yeah. yeah. Sounds hot. Yeah. A hundred hot. It's a yeah. hundred hot out of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just out of a hundred here. That's all it is. <laughs> you can't go hotter than that. It's super, super fun, basically. <laughs> so um, with the workshop and stuff, obviously you've, you may have had like a few things built um, and you may have needed carpenters and all. Have you ever like utilized your business like and given like say a carpenter some free like merchandise for the, for the yeah. like, so we trade. <laughs> We trade a lot, actually, um, as much as we can. Last year, we traded, uh, like, basically getting all new blacktop out front for the parking lot. Um, I'll trade for, like, we traded for, like, a new roof on the other side of the building. Um, yeah, wow. Basically, anything we can. Basically, anytime I need anything, the first thing I ask is, like, do you need apparel first? Yeah. And then if they're like, yeah, I'm like, let's trade. If they're like, no, I'm like, well, fuck. yeah i'll find somebody who does yeah do you have any friends that are in the same trade that need apparel (laughs) yeah you know that they need it but yeah i try to i try to do that as much as possible just because it makes total sense like yeah it's really handy to do yeah why not barter yeah yeah works out some trades it does some trades it doesn't i find like you have to with tattooing you have to find the right person to do it because it's set, like if I'm giving a sleeve out, I've got to be sitting with that person as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a long fucking time, and we've got to have the same sort of artistic sort of ideas, and it's a slightly different thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't. Know. It can it can work can work really well. Yeah. So um, at least with us, we don't have to have the customer right next to us whilst we print. Whereas you've got to have the customer. <laughs> yeah, you, right. oh, you have to talk to them for hours. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, oh, fuck that. It's great. It's yeah. great. <laughs> that's really not <laughs> that's alright I mean do you know what because this lockdown I'm really enjoying not having to speak to people like straight <laughs> up do you know what I mean like I can just go and sit somewhere else now like we usually do. when I work in it's just like it's like someone's like breathing their fucking cheesy chips on me from like earlier on or like the empty bottle of Oasis or their Snickers and I'm just yeah. like like yeah. all the like odors all over me and stuff. Sounds great. Right. <laughs> really thankful for the job I have. <laughs> um, like, how how do you feel with like other people within the industry? Obviously, we've got Golden Press coming up now. They're doing insane. We've got Lee Stewart, Cam Irvin, Cat Spit. Like, what do you, what do you, do you uh, chat to them loads? Yeah, well, I'm like super involved industry with industry stuff. Um, yeah. I, I, Lee's a good buddy of mine. Uh, yeah. The guys at Golden Press are awesome. We we hang out and talk. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's like thousands and thousands of like print shops that like I talk to regularly and like direct messages and at yeah. trade shows and everything else. Plus, like I run the social media for M and R, so like oh, I okay. talk to tons of people through there. And then uh, yeah, I mean, I try to stay involved because you you're constantly learning from people who are as eager to grow as you are you know what i mean like yeah. somebody might figure out the next next best way to do thing and if you're like yeah. sheltered in your own shop and you don't talk to anybody or care you're going to be left behind so it's yeah like, i found that really difficult the last five weeks we've been in lockdown um like finding the motivation to better your shop or learn new skills whilst everything's down because yeah. no no one around here is i mean the closest print shop we've got to me is probably an hour away 
and that's yeah. like that's we don't far. have we don't have many mm-hmm. around us at all either like yeah. our closest competitor well not really even competitor but like shop size wise is you know probably two three hours away yeah so and they're buddies of mine so it's not yeah. really do you um, have like little low-key shops like just starting up in your area is yeah your area- i mean there's a ton of like basement shops and stuff but like i yeah. don't even they're not even on my radar because yeah. they're not doing the same shit we're doing like mm. we're we're focused on like higher end like process prints and stuff for like big bands and you know clothing lines and stuff like that these guys that are in a basement are doing like joe's plumbing and grandma's yeah. cookies and shit and <laughs> like what's the biggest band that you've done um i think like the biggest band that we've done is probably like mata hoople which is they're like a bigger uk band uh it's uh what uh shit what was his name the lead singer there uh we did a ton of stuff for him i mean there's a lot of most of the bands that we do because of the the way it works is like the bands are like the warp tour bands and yeah like before they're like massive massive because we when you people are like oh you print for like acdc or something it's like those shirts are made in china like (laughs) yeah yeah i mean we do a lot of band stuff uh in the beginning when we first started that was like our focus was like nothing but band stuff but then we realized after like three four years of doing it that they never fucking pay their bills so we kind of (laughs) geared more towards uh like bigger businesses with budgets and stuff like that and it, it doesn't sound like a corporate thing but it's more of like a when you you deal with a really good company they have a budget it's like they email you it's like here's my artwork here's my sizes as soon as like you email me the invoice i'll pay the bill yeah i had that yesterday i had that with um, a vegan uh, nutrition bar the, the biggest vegan nutrition bar backed on kickstarter and they're literally down the road from me that's awesome and uh and he messaged me saying uh, i need a job it's 200 pieces is i gave him the invoice and he paid it straight away right those are the bad it's like fuck i need more of that yeah that's like literally for the past like five years has been our focus is like trying to get those customers because yeah i mean it sounds shitty to say but you like if you're just getting anything and everything that comes to the door like it's always the dudes who want like 20 shirts that are like 30 emails deep but it's like the guy who's like, I'm willing to spend $40,000 on an order. Who's like two emails of like, here's my shit. Yeah. Show me where to pay. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. there's no terms. There's no, you know, anything like that. They're just ready to pay. Like I said, with a band, it's usually like, Hey, like we're about to go on this big tour. Can we pay you when we get, when, when it's over? <laughs> and you're like, Oh, all right. But the problem is when tours over all the bandmates go, different ways and they go home they do this. Yeah. right and then when you call tommy he's like oh i thought adam was paying and then adam's like oh i thought scott was paying and it's like <laughs> i feel like that's a story right there who do you know adam and scott what band are they in <laughs> Dude, I, we've been burned by some some good sized bands and it's just i don't know it's just like you know like in this industry like there's certain people you like want to work with because you like like with bands it's like you like that band you're yeah. like fuck i want to work with them and then you see the dark side of working with them of like you work extra hours that you shouldn't be working. You work on weekends. Do you like try to knock out stuff for them as fast as possible because you want to work for them. Yeah. And then they don't ever take that into consideration. They're just like, Oh, there's this other place that will do it for five cents cheaper. And it's like, yeah. and then they ghost you and it's like, well, why the fuck did I bend over backwards to yeah. do all this stuff? Yeah. Here? So. Yeah. That's, that's sad. 
It's trying to catch those early though, isn't it? That's like someone yeah. saying like, oh, I want my hand tattooed with you and I'm going to have the rest of my sleeve done with you. Right. It's like one of those sort of like customers. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not fucking tattooing your hand unless you get your fucking arm done. Because yeah. otherwise you're just going to have the, and then like, I've had it once or twice and like, I see the guy again and he's just like, still got his hand just done. And I'm like, you fucking asshole. He's like, you still haven't <laughs> come back to get the rest of your arm done. Like, yeah. it's, it's like, small. obviously it's a lot smaller. Like a lot smaller. Right. It's just one of those things. It's like, I mean, you just have to swallow it after a while that a lot of people just don't have loyalty. Like they'll, you know, you think like you get to work with them and then things are going to be good. And then they, you know, to them, it's just um, another item. And then if they find a company that does something similar, but it's going to be a little bit cheaper, yeah. You know, they're always willing to go there unless you're like super buddy buddy with them, then it's kind of harder for them to do that. But yeah, you know, it's it really difficult it in, in this where we are because like Pembrokeshire, it's so fucking small. So for me, trying to get, I don't know, get business, everybody knows who I am in like Pembrokeshire, <laughs> yeah. which is a really good thing, but also can be a bad thing sometimes. Um, yeah, I need three T-shirts printed out of you. <laughs> so, <laughs> precisely, and I'm, and I'm not paying you because <laughs> yeah. you're my mate. Yeah, get, get, that, get that a lot. <laughs> well, that's the thing with us too. Is like it sounds like where you're at is a very similar to where we are because like our town isn't even a town; it's considered a village. That's how small it is. Yeah, and uh, like we don't at all focus on like local business like we definitely have local business but like yeah. our model is more like national international like basically anybody who can find us on the internet who wants to order is who we deal with so how did so you like, how did you go from like obviously being local and where at what point did you take that step and and was it like a shit this is where we are now or is it a gradual thing i feel like i've just always done it that way because it's how I started. Like when I even started the button stuff, like basically when my company started is when MySpace started. <laughs> so like Shit. that was basically the beginning of like social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. For most people. Yeah, yeah. So like, what would you, what did you do when you were a band when MySpace started? You just messaged fucking everybody. You know what I mean? You'd be like, Hey, I want to play a show here. I want to play a show here. Yeah. And basically when it turned into me doing merch, it was like, Hey, do you want merch? Hey, do you want merch? And then, yeah you know, once you basically get like good rates with UPS, it's like, okay, well I can ship, you know, clear across the country for like $30. So like, yeah. it's not anything really. And most of the times you just give them free freight because you want to work with them. So it's, it, it takes away those barriers. Bucks. Mm. Right. It takes away those barriers. They could be like, well, I work really well with this guy down the street and I'm like, well, I'll ship it to you for free. <laughs> then I'm actually closer than the guy down the street because the fucking box will show up at your door. Like you don't have to pick it up. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. it's, that's why I feel like I got lucky in that sense that like, that's how I started. I'm not like a, I wasn't like an old timer that had to learn how to use the internet. It was like, I grew up with the internet and yeah, all the social media stuff. So like, that's been like my huge, like that's almost where all of our business comes from. It's like Instagram and Facebook. And mm. back then it was MySpace and, and everything like that. And, I actually have a funny story about MySpace. Um, Do you know Tom? Do you know MySpace Tom? Yeah, Tom. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm one of his friends. I don't know if you know. He's in my top 10. Top yeah. 12, whatever. <laughs> Five, wasn't it? 
But uh, when I was doing when I was doing the button stuff, um, I basically had I worked at Sears, which like sells appliances and stuff, and I was like installing appliances. So I would work all day long, and then I would get home, I would eat dinner, hang out, do whatever, and then I would basically have my side and my computer behind me and i would just like play modern warfare on xbox and then i would like spin around and do a couple emails and then spin back and do stuff yeah. but anyway one of the nights i was doing stuff and this is when the button company was doing really well um i got this e this like message i think it was an email that was like some girl wanted buttons for her band or whatever and she wanted a ton of buttons but for some reason it was just one of those orders you know where you're like not in the mood or like you didn't get back fast enough yeah or whatever it ended up being taylor swift like fuck way back then like when she was still like you know not Sweet. super famous and then now i always look at that i'm like fuck like that's a, that's a life lesson you know what i mean of like never never know slide. right you yeah. never know who it's gonna be and like that yeah. same kind of thing happened to me when i was in georgia is like um this lady got turned down by like four print shops because she only needed like 10 shirts for like a softball team or something yeah. and i was like i immediately thought of that thing of like you never know who this lady is or who she knows yeah. or whatever yeah. so i was like fuck it i'll do the order so i did the order she ends up being the head order person for the atlanta braves so <laughs> we ended up getting we ended up getting the atlanta braves business which is like thousands and thousands of shirts and you know, off the back of 10 t-shirts and softball yeah. tees yeah that's that's it's insane so that's what i mean you never people are always like oh screw these small orders whatever like you never know yeah it sucks to do 10 shirts but like and nine times out of 10 9.9 times out of 10 it's just some lady looking for 10 shirts but yeah there's that like one percent one percent chance right but there's that one percent chance that you're gonna she's gonna know somebody who owns a that ends up being 75% of your business. Yeah. So, that, so, so that one of our questions here is, uh, any there, are there any mottos or mantras that you live by? And I feel like, I feel like that would be, <laughs> that would be one of them. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just one of those guys where like, I feel like my word still means something. And in this industry, I feel like it's always, people put it on a face and then when they're not talking to you, they're just like, fuck it, whatever, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And yeah. especially in printing, I feel like a lot of people are talk a lot of big game of like quality and like what they're going to do for you and everything. And then yeah. as soon as they get your money, they're like, just print it, get it out or like yeah. turn yeah. around super long. I feel yeah. like if I tell somebody like, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure it gets out or, you know, we're going to redo this. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And yeah. I feel like that's why a lot of people keep coming back is because they know when they call they're going to talk to me or like one of the other salespeople and they have the same thing. Like I won't let, things slide that much you know what i mean yeah. it's like if this is what we said we're gonna do and it's not done yet like let's fucking work until like nine at night to get it done yeah and then i'll drive it which we've done a shitload like yeah. in the summer when we're busy it's like i'll drive down you know luckily there's a taco bell down the road so oh, uh, <laughs> i can i can deliver oh. i can deliver boxes to ups and then eat taco bell so I'll live, uh, our nearest <laughs> taco bell feel, is like I'm, four and a half hours away five hours away seriously yeah. yeah yeah i'm not that in the woods <laughs> yeah. every every probably maybe well maybe i could probably get a flight to new york which would take six and a half hours and get a, a, a taco bell from new york faster and quicker than you would be <laughs> quicker yeah. yeah than to get one around here yeah, <laughs> so what's 
so are you guys like lockdown lockdown still like yeah I'm still, I'm still in i'm still in work i've got a lot of work on at the moment with a community interest group around here um we've got about 800 pieces on at the moment with just me on a heat press oh really so I've, I've got one and one head short from a seven color so i've had to have, have to outsource for um plastisol transfers so i've got to do 800 on the press dude that's gnarly yeah um <laughs> But shit happens, you know, again, put in the legwork, put in that percentage of effort yeah. and, you know, it'll pay off. And then uh, they'll go somewhere else for 10 cents cheaper. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think, well, they've been with me for a year and a half, two years now, so they've yeah. actually helped, helped me massively to get to where I am today, so. That's awesome. Um, yeah, they're a loyal, loyal customer, which is good. Uh, they're good lads. We we will be having Gaz on yeah. at some point soon, won't we? Yeah. to have a chat with us yeah, yeah. They're, they're good they're really good lads they basically they've got a company called get the boys lift which promotes um mental health um we'll send you a link afterwards you can have a like, yeah, quick yeah, look at it, the school one they like travel around the country just by thumbing a lift so that <laughs> well it's hitchhiking right yeah. right um, yeah. so they just hitchhike around the country but they have like a competition to see you can get around first and then the winner is the yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. But on the way around, they like they raise a load of money on the way around. Um, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's really like, cool. I, I could never do it. Fair play to so. them. <laughs> I'll stick yeah. to drawing. <laughs> stick yeah. to drawing and printing. I feel like hitchhiking around here is a sketchy endeavor. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't do that. America. <laughs> <laughs> You're just more likely to get stabbed or locked in somebody's basement. Oh god. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Just trying to raise money for a charity, and then you become, you know, in a shop basement, somebody's in a, property, in a basement shop, working, <laughs> folding t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you find like obviously you, you we spoke earlier about you starting off with music, um, and the badges and st- uh, like the pin badges. Do you find that music inspires you, and what sort of like music do you listen to to get motivated in the studio, like in your print studio? What like what makes you focus? Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of almost all of us are all listening to music all day long. Um, one of the things, like when I'm at my desk, I always have my headphones in listening to something. Spotify has been like a huge like savior for me because I end up always end up in like a rut with music where like if you're constantly like eight to ten hours a day listening to bands, you end up listening it's to the same bands over and over again. Isn't it? Right. So like if you Did have you Spotify radio. radio Oh God, yeah. it's amazing. I've, yeah. I've, 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 I've discovered some incredible people on that. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. basically I just like find a band that, you know, I really like. And then when the, the album's over, it'll, you know, go through radio. And yeah. then I always end up making extra playlists of like songs in that radio. Shop wise, we have like a really big stereo in the shop. And uh, the rule is, is that everybody in production gets an album. And then when that album's over, the next person picks an album. So we might yeah. have like, you know, like Slipknot playing for an hour. And then after that, it's like Celine Dion's greatest hits. <laughs> we, usually, then, we usually like, have like, we usually have like Slipknot or like um, Dance Gavin Dance. Like Dance yeah. Gavin Dance is like me and then uh, Wiggles, 
he's a little bit younger than me. You'll have like Disney sing along classics for like yeah. an hour, <laughs> fucking singing Mulan. Like, well, right. Cool. <laughs> right. Like, like Shania Twain was playing yesterday for a long time here. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's really hard to keep on constantly picking songs to keep. You we we played the Tony Hawk soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we, like, that's all we play all the time. And it ends up, like, like you said, going from others. Yeah. We always talk about that Dave Mira soundtrack, like Dave Mira 2. The yeah, that's BM, good. The BMX one? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's amazing. The, have, you, have you have you Greta Van Fleet? I I I I know them, like I like them, yeah. I feel like it's yeah, like been, super all over the radio and stuff now. Yeah, I've been massively into them like that like recently. Just because like they they basically it, want to be basically Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like oh, I love them. It's just a young Led Zeppelin, basically. Will I yeah, like yeah. them, Pricey? Um, Do you like I know Led your Zeppelin? music. Your music <laughs> taste is changing a lot lately. Yeah. Like, like you, you hate Rage Against the Machine, which I, yeah. I can't understand. Yeah, like, fun. I don't understand that. I don't hate them. I just would choose to have something on. I'm a lot heavier. I'm more like an under oath type of in heart's wake, breathing the silence type of thing. I'm a lot heavier. Yeah. Uh, not as old as me, though. No, I'm only 29. Do you guys like uh, Royal Blood over there? Yeah, they're cool, aren't they? I like Royal Blood. Yeah. They're like, uh, De- have you had Death From Above 1979? Dude, yeah, amazing. Yeah, we saw Royal Blood and Death From Above play together. And then another band that's from over there that we like a lot is uh, Turbo Wolf. Right, okay. Yeah. I think I've heard them. I'm going to have to so. save these. <laughs> oh, Death From Above, like one of my favorite bands they've been like yeah. the romantic rights album is just incredible yeah it's like we just saw them probably i don't know like six or eight months ago i think yeah. no way they came through yeah that was pretty awesome well we've, last seen, time we... we've seen royal blood like six times now i think like every time they but come over where's your nearest like venue to go see um the one that we keep going to i think the local village hall (laughs) yeah no royal blood in the local village hall when we first saw them it was their first u.s tour and that was a couple years ago they were still really small it was in a bar and there was only like six people there fucking hell that's mad so we were just like me and a buddy we were just standing in the middle of like a room like watching them play and we're like (laughs) oh this band's fucking awesome it was one of those where like we probably found them on spotify yeah and we were like saw that they were playing and we went and saw them and then like the next year i feel like they blew up and we're like yeah. a massive band now and then yeah. the second time we saw them it was in, like a huge hall with like a thousand people and it was like yeah they grew super fast yeah i recently saw architects in london uh, alexander mm-hmm. palace and i remember going to see him in, like less than a thousand cap yeah uh, venue it's fucking incredible do you uh do you like every time i die yes yeah. <laughs> well, that's the best part is they're from where we're from. Like they're not that far away. So like every year we go to their Christmas show. Oh, fucking hell. It's, we uh, had the, we had their like beer actually, event. didn't we? Yeah, we had like, the Greg we got their beer for us. Yeah, the hot damn. Yeah. Hot nice. damn, yeah, that's hot what it was. Damn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Greg, our friend is like in Long Island and he went out like I saw online that they were like releasing a beer and I was like I really need that beer. So we went out to like a local store and picked a couple up for us. So when I came <laughs> back recently, like we had a we had a hop down together. It was cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we've we've seen them like a crazy amount of times. Because Jordan yeah. does all the uh, artwork for Warp Tour, right? Yeah, he does a lot of stuff 
he yeah. does a lot of art. I've never printed any of his stuff. Uh, but uh but yeah like buffalo they're from buffalo which is you know like two and a half hours from here three hours yeah. so um it's pretty awesome seeing them because like i said the years like well, every time they play around here they they try to play at like a lot of hometown like yeah. smaller venues and it's fucking chaos like people are like literally climbing over each other yeah. like three people would, deep. oh man like park i would love to have seen parkway drive when they were up and coming in australia um that would have been insane I've seen them a, yeah. a few times now, but I feel like yeah. bands like that when you see them in their hometown, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When we arrived in New York last time, Mad Ball were playing a, a matinee show, and I was like, "We need to go and see this." To Jack, I was like, "They were the start of New York hardcore," and he was like, yeah. "I don't know who they are." And we literally <laughs> got picked up by our mates and taken away, yeah. and I was like, sat in the car, just like, <laughs> just like I really want to go see Mad Ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know that's the good thing about like in the city is that all the uh, the you know beat down new york hardcore bands and stuff like that yeah but those kind of bands are been around for you know 20 years or whatever are still playing vfws <laughs> that's class um where are we up to here pricey so we just got lost in music for a bit. yeah we did i love it when it happens i love talking music yeah we went to see do you, do you like Menzingers? You're, you definitely like Menzingers. Yeah, sure. yeah. We, yeah. That was the last band me and Jack went to see. Like, that was our last gig that we got to see, actually. I fucking loved it. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> we. it was like our third attempt of trying to see them live. So we made sure that we were there this time. And we almost yeah. missed it. <laughs> we, we missed them in Bristol. We missed them in New York. And then we finally got them to see them in uh, uh, Bristol again. Yeah, I actually have a Hello Exile on my playlist, so yeah, I've been listening to quite a bit. Do you have a shop playlist? Or no, like I said, all of us have our own shit, so it's kind of like yeah. we just share the Bluetooth on the stereo. Yeah, so we started to do oh. that, and uh, we found out there were arguments because one of them wouldn't fucking stick to it. I was like, right, that's it. We're making a fucking studio playlist. It's on. It's on shuffle. That's it. It's hard to basically get out of out of it here because like. It, you have an album so when the album's over there's no arguing like it's like yeah. all right your song your your choice is done yeah and then it just plays an album so you know it's pretty easy to switch it um so we'll go back to our questions after all that <laughs> it was good i love music i absolutely love it um have you ever found that you feel overwhelmed with the way that your business runs um overwhelmed with you, overwhelmed with the customer needs and what's needed of you um, for your business to run, and what would you do to wind down? Um, yeah, I mean, if it, I feel like as a business owner, everybody gets like, you know, super stressed out once in a while. But I feel like with my personality and the way I do things, is like I'm very picky and anal about like processes. And I feel like that's my job as the business owner is to find the best system all the time to like run the shop and not just be like stuck in one way, even though it's the shitty way um, yeah. of just like flow and process. So I feel like we have a really tight shop where I, it's at the point basically where I don't even need to be here. Like I can, in the first couple of years, you don't have all that figured out. And if you try to go on like vacation or something, you kind of get screwed and you're always on the phone or you're always on your laptop. Yeah. I but, I, I went to Disney, like, r literally right before Corona happened. Like, Disney closed the day after I left. 
And it was like that whole week I was there, like I didn't have to touch my phone. I didn't have to touch my laptop. Like yeah, the shop nice. basically runs itself. So we just have it to where like, you know, a customer emails or calls, places an order. One of the salespeople makes an invoice. Once it's in there and paid, it's literally like clockwork of like. Do you use Printavo? No, we, we don't use any shop management software. Oh, wow. Um, we just basically use Google for everything. So like we use FreshBooks for making invoices and then we email everything. Like we don't use FreshBooks to email the invoices. We, we like download them and email them with Google so that we can't like always have all the email chains saved in, yeah. in Gmail. So it's super easy. And then when they pay, we add it to Google calendar and then, which I feel like Printavo and all those other ones, like their calendar seems very similar to Google calendar anyway. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's basically just a color system. Like when an order is paid, but not, I haven't ordered the blanks, it's one color. And then when I order the blanks, it's another color. And then yeah. when the steps yeah, are done, it's, it's another color. Printavo is, yeah. Right. So basically when it gets to be ready to be printed, it's just like they're all one color. And then yeah. the print guys just go through and, the reason I use Printavo was was the pricing. It's it helped massively because it's just me doing it. I've struggled massively with figuring out how to price stuff. Oh really? The built-in like pricing matrices is so helpful for me. Yeah, I have like a like a sheet basically where I have figured out what I need to make on no matter what print it is. Yeah. Um. So it's just like quantity based. So like if somebody calls me and is like, "Hey, I want a Bella Canvas three thousand one." Yeah. Uh, I need, you know, 200 shirts and it's a three color print. I take the, go to, you know, my distro and I find out what the price is. And then I just look at my sheet and it's just like, okay, 200 shirts, three color. I need Boom. to add, you know, 450 or whatever. And I just, yeah. so I just add that to the blank cost and that's my final. Yeah. So very black and white that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, it's just, you try to, that's that in itself is a system. Like a lot of people yeah. could just be like, well, I don't have a sheet, but I know that every ink color is 35 cents added and there's all these adding and everything. Mm. It's like, I just sat down some one day and just like figured all that shit out, put it on paper, gave it to all the sales staff and was like, okay, like this is what we're going to use from now on. And it's like, you know, it's way faster now. Cause it's, yeah. all you gotta do is find the blank cost. Cause the problem is, is if you, and we used to do this where like you just wrote down or made a, a sheet that had, all your pricing on it. I feel like like five, six years ago, every shop had their pricing online and now nobody does. No. Um, but yeah. you basically back then you would be like, okay, a guild in 5,000 is, you know, a dollar 75 and then the printing is going to be this. And then you made a chart had all your the problem is nowadays is the price of cotton goes up and down like so fast that yeah. you eventually get to a point where you're charging people something and you're losing a ton of money because the price of that shirt went way up. Yeah. So now, like I said, if you're having to update those, if you just make a sheet now, that's like, this is what I need to make printing wise. Every time you quote, you're referring to what the current cost of that blank is. Yeah. So you're never losing any money. You're just kind of like, you know, this is what it is. And, it's just, to me, it's way easier. And as I said, I feel like my role in the company is marketing and creating systems yeah. and obviously like the management and being the asshole when you have to be, but, yeah. um, so like, yeah, I, I definitely get stressed out sometimes. Usually it's because when I get really stressed out, it's because like a staff member, somebody's doing something they shouldn't be doing or they're yeah. taking advantage of the shop and 
you got to kind of have a talk with somebody that's always shitty. So I feel like I personally stress out more about that than the yeah. business. Yeah. Cause everybody here is really close to me. You know what I mean? Like I'll take, I'll take really good care of everybody here. And I feel like when somebody starts to take advantage of that, it's kind of shitty to have to have that conversation with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Were they your friends prior to employing them or? Yeah. Well, uh, most of my staff are friends from high school. So like, uh, and how many? How many have you got? Uh, we have all the time. We have seven, and then in the summer we usually add like like three or four. So, yeah. like my main manager, uh, we went to high school together, and we we're like best friends. And then uh, the art department guy is again from high school, like one of my best friends. They've all been here the entire time, like the ten yeah. years. That's fucking so, amazing. Yeah, and I trust them with anything. They'll they'll be the ones where I'll be like, fuck it, like it's slower today, let's go on a bike ride. And they they tell me like, no, we have shit we need to get out. You know what I mean? And I'm the fucking boss. <laughs> it sounds very familiar to what I'm going through at the moment. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, so, yeah, I'm the boss, I make the fucking rules, and then they got to keep you in line. You're like, right. God damn it. Yeah. I mean, and it's always like, they're right, fuck. Yeah. So it's like, it's nice to have them and people that care and that are willing to come in on weekends and be like, Oh, I had a bunch of emails. Let me take care of them. And it's like, they didn't have to do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's pretty awesome. It's always the wild cards. It's always like the people you have to hire for the summer or, you know, you're going through growing pains and you have to add somebody and you don't, you're out of fucking friends. And it's yeah. like, like let's yeah. hire somebody <laughs> off the street. And then you find out later that they, you know, have some problems and yeah then you have to let them go. But that, like I said, to me, that's the biggest stressor, honestly. Yeah. It's employee management. Yeah. Yeah. HR. I think that's fair enough though. I think if that's your characteristic and you, you're quite a personable guy from what I've spoken to in the last 45 minutes, I think that's going to be hard for. Well, like I said, I, th I feel like, you know, you can make as many systems and you can buy machinery and everything. That's a robot that has no personality yeah. and you can get all that stuff like super, dialed into where you're like the most efficient at doing that when everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing but the hardest part is the human factor yeah of like mm -hmm. someone had a bad day they didn't sleep that great you know they, had, they got a you know broken up with their boyfriend or girlfriend and it's like that's the shit that you have to manage and you're like fuck i don't want to do this at all like yeah. can you just do your shit please <laughs> so i don't have to yell at you yeah um but yeah it, it is what it is yeah so, so that's how many, how many guys have you got working there at the minute, did you say? Seven. 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 Okay, cool. So where do you see your business in like a year's time? Do you see it like developing like with more employees or what? We're probably going to get a couple more just because of like sales management. Hmm. I don't know. I don't want really want the company to grow like equipment wise or anything more than it is now because I feel like I actually like like I said I just got a new dryer and a new press I feel like I actually have like my dream shop now yeah um everything I have is like exactly what I would want if you know I won the lottery and I had to go buy the equipment I wanted that's what I had so cool. I feel like I'm good there but the only thing we want to grow is like the building we're in is like an old train station so I own the whole building and like we're only occupying like a third of it so the rest of it, I rent like a third of it out. And then there's a big middle section that's like, we just got done like gutting. Yeah. So 
over the next couple of months, we're going to like refinish that and make more sales office. And then when we do that, I think I'm going to start adding, I might add like one or two more customer service salespeople yeah. just to kind of like make sure, like I said, again, make sure everybody's like when they email, they're taken care of like really quickly Yeah. and like questions are answered and stuff like that. I feel like we do a really good job now, but when we're in the summer and it's super busy, it's, you know, when you're a hundred emails deep, every person. Yeah, it's like it's a lot easier to be like there's one or two more people to take that load. Mm. Yeah, um, sounds sounds like a lot to manage. I feel like there's a, a load for me to grow because there's just myself and two of my friends. Uh, we've got yeah. embroid, embroidery and screen print. I'm currently on a six and four sidewinder. Um, yeah, we have that. Um, yeah, it's a good press. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just where we're at right now. I've just upgraded the exposure unit. Um, Did you get LEDs? Um, no. Didn't have the budget for it, unfortunately. The one I had before that was like a cheap, shitty one from China. So uh, the one I've got now is like a thousand pounds. So it's immediately better. I went down yeah. from like 12 minutes to like a minute and a half. I'm like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. A minute yeah. and a half is good. Yeah. I feel like yeah. even if you had LED, you're you're only going to do like half that yeah so i mean if you're not if you the thing is is a lot of these people always tell you like oh you need this you need this you need this it's like no you don't like if you're a contract shop and you're trying to crank out like a ton of jobs a day that's where like seconds count on things yeah but like if you're just a shop that's like you're a good dude you're just trying to put out quality work every day and like you have your schedule it is what it is like Mm. there's a lot of things you can get away with doing and it's not the shitty way to do it. It's just, it's, you don't need like the best unit that shaves yeah. off another 30 seconds when my thing is, is the people are always like, Oh, I bought this a hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment. It's going to save me, you know, three seconds. seconds. <laughs> it's going to save me three seconds. And I'm yeah. like, well, what happens when the dude who runs it wants to go outside and smoke a cigarette? <laughs> like those seconds just went out the fucking window. Like you bought that for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Or he just decides to take like a three hour shit and look at Instagram. <laughs> like you lost all that time. You know what I mean? You just paid a hundred thousand dollars so that dude had to take longer shit breaks. That's <laughs> fair. Um, what would uh, what would you say to Dylan five years ago? Oh god. I don't know. Um well, where were you five years ago? Same exact fucking place. Yeah. Um, I think, I think our biggest growth is necessarily like, like where you're at, we were at, and it's not like you have a goal in a certain amount of years that this is what I need to have or yeah. every year. I feel like you just, when you have the funds available and you have the space upgrade. Yeah. But like, that's basically what we did and it took us 10 years to get where we're at. So it's like, just keep doing what you're doing and eventually you get there. But the biggest thing is like when you're a smaller shop, your, your number one question that you always want to ask bigger shops and you're kind of scared to ask is like, how do you get the clients that you have? Or, you know, how do you do your sales? Like nobody ever wants to say like how they do sales, but like yeah. the reality of it is it's like, it's a hundred percent like in who, you know, like, yeah. you don't you don't just like call somebody that's an awesome person you want to work with and just get their business like it doesn't work that way it's like warm introductions for me, I, yeah for me i found out it's like go to the people like the designers first because yeah. 
those people that you want to work with have to go through a designer to get their shit done. But if you make really good friends with a designer, they're going to, you know, send their work to you. They're going to recommend you, recommend you yeah. over everybody yeah. else. So yeah. that's kind of been like what works really well for us. And it's just like, you need to, you need to go out, you need to talk to people, you need to do stuff like this, like podcasts and, yeah. you know, be social on the internet and stuff. And then eventually you get the work you want to get. You know, there could be a shop that's super eager and everything where they want to do, but they only focus on local and they, you know, that's all they end up doing forever. Yeah. And it's like, you need to kind of take risks and like mm. get the, to get the jobs that you kind of want to get. Like I said, yeah. the, you never know who's going to have what or know who. Yeah. I don't want to be a local shop. I've never, I used to live out in Australia for a year and a half and um, I felt so like a sm small person in a big pond. Right when I came home, I was like, I need to make something of myself. So when I was out yeah. there, I, I saw, um, aisle six who follow you screen. Yeah. Company. yeah. So, uh, so they held an event out in Newtown where it was like free beer, get your own shit. I had a Newtown locals. Uh, it was a natural Libre holding a fucking nuke, whatever it was, it was a fucking cave. It was amazing. I saw him front it live. And like at that moment I was like, I need to do that. Mm -hmm. And I came home and, um, yeah, I started it from there really. Um, yeah. And I just got there's nothing there's nothing wrong with like being a local shop but the only thing that scares me about that is what happens when there's a dude that's in the same mindset as you that's younger yeah. than you yeah. starts a shop in your town and then just steals all your business and then yeah. you're like well fuck my thing is is like i work with everybody everywhere so like if i lose a customer for some reason there's a million more to choose from yeah. like it should, i mean it shouldn't, shouldn't sound shitty but it's kind of like you know yeah, well, it makes complete sense. Safe. You've got all your areas covered. So if you right. lose something, it's going to get filled again with another customer. So it's, right. it's covering all bases. And that's a good way to... Good so way basically, to like you said, like five years ago, basically the difference I have now is that the snowball of word of mouth is just bigger. Yeah. So like back then, you're, you, you have this much work where you're like, there's no, no way we could do more work. And then you just slowly work at it and work at it. And then you get, you know... One year you might be like, oh, we have, you know, 5,000 customers. And then the next year you're like, oh, I have 6,500 customers. And then the next year you have, you know, 7,500 customers. So basically the, the older you get and the better work you do, you're just going to end up being a bigger company because of yeah. the fact that more people know who you are. Yeah. I felt yeah. like, like I was starting that this year and, um, and then all this shit happened. It was kind of like a kick, kick <laughs> yeah. in the teeth, like starting to make money and, and then boom. Well, the good thing is, is that don't be worried about it too much because there are a lot of shops that you thought were, you know, super well off big shops that are probably going to go under because they really actually owed a shitload of money and yeah. they can't afford to pay it. Like we've, we ran into that over the past like month where we've had a lot of like cool clothing lines and all these things like call us and be like, Hey, the shop we normally go to is closed. Yeah. They're like, will you do it? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do it. And you know what? <laughs> I did it. I did it in like four days. Yeah, and, and I secured I, like, that customer. Yeah, right. So now that's mine now. Sorry, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you might actually end up game. better off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't ever want to like. That's the hard part with knowing a ton of screen printers and like talking to all these people is that when a customer that's theirs comes to you, you're like, uh, like I don't want to steal anybody's customers. Yeah. But I kind of have a general rule of thumb is like if if I didn't hunt them down but they came to me, yeah, obviously you're doing something they don't like. 
Yeah. Like you're not, then you're I feel like it's fair. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's fair game if they come to me and ask for a quote. Yeah. Yeah. But if I if I know like this used to happen a ton with my spaces, it was kind of like with like top tens and all that stuff is like people would be like, Oh, I see this screen printing company is working with this company. I'm gonna hit them up. Like go through their friends list. And you yeah. can still do that on Instagram. You can go through somebody's friends list and see all the like breweries and stuff they work for. Yeah. And you can get them all up because you know those breweries order shit because obviously they're going to this company. Yeah. So you could do that. You could like poach people's customers, but I don't, I don't ever do that. So no. the only way, like I said, I, we ever get business, like we don't really market and we don't really like cold email or call anymore. We literally just answer our emails every day. Yeah. So like That's, we walk in, answer emails, those turn into orders, and then we just do the same thing every single I've day. been very fortunate to be like that from day one as well. I haven't ever had to email anybody for anything. It's just come to me. And yeah. it's a really, really good feeling. Yeah. I always feel like I yeah. should market myself, but and, um, it's a weird one. Yeah, I, I think unless you're hurting, then don't like just keep doing what you're doing. Because like I said, if every email that comes in, you take care of really fast, you do really good work. Yeah. When they get the job, they're going to tell 10 people. And then those 10 people are going to tell 10 people. And eventually yeah. you're going to get to the point where you're like, I'm glad I didn't try to overwhelm myself with work because mm-hmm. you're just not ready for that wave. Yeah. Like we had that discussion today where we're like, we were deemed essential to stay open, but we have like half the staff here. But like we're literally booked up like two weeks now and it's like a lot of work. And we were like, we're going to be fucked if – like we keep getting work like this because we only have half the staff. Yeah. And the problem is here in the States right now is like people are getting paid almost double to stay home than they are if they're at work. Yeah. So like, how do you convince them to stay in work? Exactly. So like, I feel bad because like, they'll be like, Hey, I want to, I could be like, Hey, I want you to come back to work tomorrow. And they're like, I'm actually making way more on unemployment than I am if I come to work. Yeah. And it's like, why is that system there? Like that's yeah. so backwards. So I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to ask everybody and see if they want to come back and work maybe like three days a week. Cause they can still collect unemployment for the other two. Yeah. But, um, just to help you know. out. If it's, a, to help it's a, out. if it's a family based, like, yeah, that you've got. And I feel like that, I feel like they will, but it's kind of, like I said, it's, it's, it's hard to tell them like straight up, like now I want you back full time. Like, sorry, you're not yeah. going to get the extra money. Yeah. It's like they could just stay home and catch up and watch a full season of Tiger King. And get paid for it. <laughs> fucking Carol Baskin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like that's come up. I feel just like that's like come for... up on every podcast we've done the last yeah. like four weeks. What you just need to do about that is just like constantly give them the last episode when you speak to them on the phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so go for every Netflix series that's playing really well at the minute and just be like, ah, everybody, so this happens in Afterlife. Everybody dies. Yeah. <laughs> everybody went through and pounded Ozark too. So. <laughs> I've not watched that yet. I've not watched that yet. Have okay. you watched Afterlife? Looking good. Have you watched Afterlife? No, no. Just the, the Ricky Gervais thing. It's good. Oh, it's the only I've thing been I've watching that. I've been watching Dave on Hulu, the Little Dicky show. What's that? It's really good. Uh, you know who Little Dicky is? He's like a yeah, white the rapper. rapper, rapper yeah. yeah. He has yeah. a show like based on his career on Hulu. Well, it's on FX. Yeah. But it's it's on Hulu right now. It's like every Thursday I've been watching it. We don't have Hulu. We got Prime, Amazon Prime. I, I have been watching the Chicago Bulls documentary. It made me go out and buy NBA 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good. 
physical. Is that um, what you guys have been mainly doing? Is just watching TV and hanging out? I've been doing this podcast. Like yeah. me and Pricey, we do Tuesdays and a Thursday. Um, just talking to anybody we can really. It's really weird how this came about. We just want to chat shit to people. Right. Our, like we don't even really do any research about them. We just want to talk to them. Like as people. Yeah, we do. Yeah, right. we, don't, we don't really like go for like oh we like particularly researching things because I think yeah. we'd like ask too many specific questions. We just want to yeah. know like to get to know you and then maybe like in in a year's time do exactly the same thing and see where we've got with you and see where your right. business has gone. Yeah, that's like the yeah. idea about it. Yeah, it's been really good to to do this podcast because it's kept me busy because obviously no work's coming for me uh, the last four weeks, which has fucking been yeah. hard, but. I've been slamming away doing the website, editing all the podcasts. And how long has it taken you to edit everything? Uh, depends on how long the people chat for. We had one the other night it was a two and a half hour one, which is going to take me probably a couple of days to edit. But I'm pretty quick at it now. I do all my own yeah. editing and everything anyway. So have you started? Have you started recording yet? Yeah, I did one last night. Well, I did one a couple nights ago, and then I edited it last night. And yeah we ended up going about two hours and 10 minutes and then yeah i did all the editing last night and i ended up staying up till like three in the morning and i yeah. was like this is that was a bad idea <laughs> and then, uh, who did you have on last night uh grizzly wheeler so he's a he's a good buddy of mine he says uh he does some crazy you should check him out on instagram it's grizzly wow. wheeler um he does a lot of printing he's from like uh south carolina yeah but he does like lincoln design stuff like all their stuff and um, so look, a lot of bigger designer cool. guys cool yeah, i'm looking forward to when your stuff comes out man it'd be good to listen to you're gonna get yeah. like the golden press on and everything yeah probably i'll end up talking to them actually yeah. like uh me and lee have been talking and he wants to do like a live like a youtube series with yeah. like me him, and golden press talking about stuff so yeah because they, um, they did one recently with brian at right mm-hmm. with, um, yeah that was a good one who do you guys have to like get supplies from and stuff? Yeah, we don't buy anything from like straight from the supplier. We don't go straight to Bella or Stanley. It all comes through like one main supplier. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, when I think of like UK shops, I think of like uh, like Monster Press and uh, Awesome Merch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two of the biggest. Awesome Merch have just opened up in America now, haven't they? Yeah, in Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah, Monster Press. They're, I think they're Bristol. They're about two hours away from me. Oh really? Um, yeah. Is awesome merch like a like a really big print shop over there? Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, so you know you're saying about the you started off in buttons. Mm-hmm. So that's the, how he started out too. That's yeah. how he started out. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no, I know, I know his story. Yeah. We've got some mates as well in the, like Merch Asylum. Like yeah, those, those are good dudes. Are, yeah. Yeah, they're really good dudes. Like that's Dan and yeah. Jay. I've known yeah. those boys for a while. They do a lot of water base. Yeah. yeah, well, they they, um, they did something similar to you, really, because they all their friends were in bands, mm-hmm. so they just instantly like was like, actually, we need to do that. We need to be printing their merch. And then there's the same with Neil. What's Neil's company? Um, I don't know Neil. What Neil's company? He was in a band called Attack Attack. Um, yeah, don't know, yeah, don't know what his company was. Yeah, but anyway, Neil Neil did exactly the same, and he's printing like loads of like stuff for like Skin Dread and Zebra Head. Um, just flying it out because he was like supporting these bands and then going back screen printing when he was off tour and then taking the t-shirts away with him when he was on tour yeah. 
Yeah, it's just kind of like the thing. Like when you're in a band, that's how you made money was merch. So it only makes sense yeah. when you get out of it to be like, I know how this operation works. Like I know yeah. who to target. I know all this stuff. So I feel like that's why everybody you talk to who owns a screen printing shop was either a skateboarder in a fucking band or yeah, yeah. something like that. It's because it's just how they used to do shit on their own. And then yeah. they're like, I, I can get into this fairly cheap and make money. So yeah, I was in a band. It's like it's a creative industry as well, isn't it? And like skateboarding's yeah. creative, and like music is creative. And then if you come out of that, like you've got to like, I'd love to be like a consistent illustrator and not right. have to be a tattooist. And I will get to that point at some point, but I'm just at the minute tattooing is giving me money. You know, yeah, like, yeah. tattooing is like the thing that like I didn't set out to be, but I am, and that's like the instant money monetizing like things so it's kind of got me by the balls at the minute but i'm sort of developing my like style to you know suit myself but before long i want to be starting to do more illustrate illustration stuff but i think yeah. where i haven't done it for a while like my tech now is like down there and my drawing is up there when it used to be like the other way around yeah it's so untechnological it's um it's insane do you, uh, <laughs> I sent you the link for that. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you watch Ink Master at all? No, I've, I've never watched it. Mm. Good buddy of mine, uh, who does all my stuff, he's uh, Josh Payne. He uh, he won it like last year, I think. Well, I, I think I follow that guy. Um, we had, yeah, um, I do, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, where is he? Alchemist Art Studios, yeah, that's where he is, isn't he? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I know. Amazing. Oh, Aaron Draplin. Yeah. Yeah. Of a graphic designer. He's doing a bit of oil painting right now, right? Yeah, Amazing. Josh at home. Yeah. Yeah. He just started a YouTube channel, like where he's just like talking about cooking and shit that he's doing at home during quarantine. You guys need to do more on your YouTube. I was checking it out earlier. Who's the guy who jumps off the press and through the table? <laughs> yeah that's chris he's the one i went to high school with like oh, my, best, okay. my best friend the best part about him is like he he's the quietest guy in the shop but like when he makes videos and shit he's like just, <laughs> you know, <this> <laughs> i like so, i like the cola the cola video of just like yeah. when you were testing the ink out do cool. you uh do you guys uh ever watch those barstool pizza reviews no that's what that's from. Like, if you watch that video and you've never seen Barstool Pizza reviews, you're like, what the fuck are these guys? Oh, this is Barstool Sports, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. the owner of that does pizza reviews, and it's, like, a huge Amazing. thing. Like, he just reviews fucking pizza places. And, like, it's a huge <laughs> internet thing. And we're all fans of it. And uh, basically, we just made it a whole mock of, like, what he does, but with, like, printing. So Amazing. He, is like, he had, like, a Pepsi sponsor or whatever. And it, but he always said like Pepsi, uh, something perfection or whatever, and he would like drink a Pepsi in the beginning. So that, that's why we like shook the fucking two liter and like blasted. <laughs> it looked painful as fuck. It as was. He, he was... choked. Yeah. He was choking halfway through. Yeah. It really painful. I like that. It was good. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the dryer jump off on to break the desk was amazing too. That was a really fun day. Yeah. It was just basically like we bought a new desk. Like we had no reason to make that video, but it was yeah. like 
what do we do to fucking destroy this desk? And it was yeah. like, well, let's fucking obviously jump on it. Like, well, it made it all the way over to Southwest Wales in the UK, so you <laughs> <laughs> must have done something yeah. right. Well, we bought like a we bought like a Macho Man outfit on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, and then you know got him fully outfitted and everything. It was amazing. And then like there's flames <laughs> shooting up in front of yeah. Them. You what? can't see it, but I'm off camera with an aerosol can right below. I was going to say, how are you doing that? <laughs> I thought yeah, it was just, one of those like Casey Neistat fucking. No, uh, I think it was just like uh, like spray glue with a lighter. Oh, and I was just shit. like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, was like a last horrible. minute, last minute ad, but it made yeah. it so much better. Yeah, good. So how do you how do you like how do you like doing the podcasting? Love it, man. Honestly, it's it's um, I struggled quite badly with mental health, and it's helped me massively. Um, through motivation and just keeping myself occupied yeah um yeah it's just been like without this i wouldn't have got to talk to you right we just had uh, the, the guy from yaya familiar um tattoo aftercare in the uk your buddy on ink master would probably know yeah um we just had him on uh, on tuesday night that was fucking insane <laughs> like <laughs> the leading person in the uk for tattoo aftercare and he's just chatting shit to us on the podcast yeah um it's amazing well, that's why that's why basically like i wanted to do one is because like there's so many shops i talk to yeah on like instagram or that call me and we talk about stuff and it's like why is why are these not like recorded and shared yeah, yeah. you know what i mean it's like it's like the conversation we're having right now like you never know who listens to it and is yeah. kind of in the same boat that's just yeah. kind of like oh shit like it's it's incredible like i do you listen to the honest designers with ian barnard podcast Mm-mm. uh that that's basically what made me want to start it is a, a calligrapher custom hand letterist and uh he started a podcast with three other people and like i took so much from it and i was like fuck this is amazing i need to start something like this and uh yeah, yeah. so me and pricey did our first one like what was it six months ago did one and yeah, then we, we did one we, and then we, we just it, fucking bottled it we got so busy yeah with us we was like we had all the intentions of doing like one a month and just checking in and you know like personally to see where we progressed that's where it was all going to start right. we've got like some friends who are like really good barbers that are really good like like one of our mates owns a brewery and we were like oh we'll just get them on for a quick chat you know and like yeah. we na- i never saw us speaking like cross-continental i never saw us like you know speaking to like big people in my industry but it's like what you said earlier on like back in the day of like myspace you'd send like someone a message you know like i did that i just went on like my facebook and i'm just i'm just friends with like this the guy who does the aftercare just because he's i don't know what how but that's happened so i sent him a message and he put he basically put a post up saying about a podcast and i was like mate, would you like to come on ours? And he was like, of course. You know, and I think... How did we get around to talking about this still? (laughs) I don't know. I think you mentioned something after I said I was going to do one, and you're like, hey... Yes, I did, yeah. 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 But that's the thing is, like, with me, is, like, I fucking love this industry. Like, I love everything about it, and I'm always down to, like, talk shop with people. Yeah because like like where i'm at like i don't have that and even the people i work with they don't want to fucking hear about screen printing because they're working there all day long you know what i mean but for me it's like i just i constantly want to talk about it when i when i go to the trade show like once a year um so it was just me in the beginning and my mum was helping me out with accounts and stuff 
So I would have nobody to talk to about exposure times, um, right. fucking off contact, fucking. And then people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? I go to these trade <laughs> shows and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's all everybody wants to talk about. Yeah, 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 that's good. But that's what I mean. Like, you never know for you, like, where this could go. You know what I mean? You could end up talking to artists and get them excited to want to work with you, and then yeah, snowballs into something you didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just can't wait to talk to more people. We're doing two a week at the moment, and releasing one a week. So I'm I'm one ahead of everything. So that's awesome. Yeah. Do you do you do YouTube too then? Yeah, so I take the audio from this and just put it on YouTube. Um, what are you thinking? doing the editing in? Premiere Pro. You doing the same? No, I was using iMovie. Oh, no way. Yeah. Premiere is... How are you doing? What are you using for like your audio then? Like, How are you making sure that's all decent? I just split it off from the video. I, like I said, I'm new to it too, so yeah. like I'm still trying to figure shit out. But. So if you so if you use Zoom, you can go into Zoom and you can um, record all the audio tracks separately, so you don't have to split right. anything out. So uh, when I uh, convert all this out now, I will have Matt's track, my track, and your track all separately. So say Matt's fucking around in the background, I can just cut all that shit out. So right. it's a consistently clean edit. Um, I have been trying to mute myself. I pick up. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah. I, was, but then I was eating like a tuna sandwich the other week and then you'd like give me a row. Like, like <laughs> Jesus Christ, stop eating. Why are you, why are you on a podcast? I was like, I'm it, was, it was from him doing that that I found out that I could split the tracks out into, into each individual audio. So. That's awesome. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's a re really handy and Zoom, like it's it's been a lifesaver for this. Um, last question is um, life. Uh, have you had any like life changing moments in the ten years that you've been doing this that has changed your mindset or that has changed you as a person? Like, have you had any epiphanies, so to speak? Not really. I think I think like I said, the biggest thing for me is just kind of like. Well, this might be one, I guess. It's just kind of like get to the point where you're comfortable and like everybody who works for you is comfortable and everybody has a good wage mm. and then stop there. Like, I feel like everybody just wants to be like, you know, the biggest shop with the most equipment and the most employees and then shit like this happens. Yeah. And then you're screwed and like people are out of jobs and everything else. It's like, I just want to be comfortable enough where like everybody's paid really well. And then if we get a job that comes in that we don't want to do, I can say no. Yeah. I can be like, no, I have enough work. Like not to be, you know, be a dick or anything, but it's kind of like, I want to do the work that I want to do. And then I want to have more than enough of it. And then I want to just be like, I'm going home at five o'clock and yeah. I'm hanging out at home. I'm doing what I want to do. And then I'm back to work the next day. I'm not constantly chasing something. Do you, you feel know, like I'm you've had to sac happy. sacrifice a lot personally over the last like, 10 years to get to where you are today? I feel like somewhat. Um, but like I said, the nice thing is, is that it's my favorite thing and it's my hobby. So like, yeah. like when I go home and then I have something on my mind and it's work related, I can research it and it doesn't feel painful to like have to sit there and like figure it out. Yeah. For me, it's like, I want to figure it. Like, I feel like the whole thing for me is like a video game. Yeah. Like, it's like, you're just constantly getting to the next level. You just beat the next boss or whatever. Yeah. You're kind of just growing and growing, but like I said, I feel like the way our shop is and the people I have working for me, 
I'm, I'm super happy with everything right now. Yeah. Like I said, I just got like my dream shop as far as like all the equipment that I wanted. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I really don't want to get much bigger equipment wise or anything. I just want to work on getting like better clients. Like I have like amazing clients right now, but mm -hmm. like, it'd be nice, like I said, to get to the point where like we're fully booked all the time. We're doing yeah. nothing but the kind of jobs we want to do. And then when the stuff comes in that you don't want, you're just like, no, nah, I don't. Yeah. We're busy. Do you still have those yeah, like, full manuals? In, no, we we have that one sidewinder, but it's yeah. like basically like a like a fucking coat rack. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's my breadwinner. <laughs> yeah, no, we just. I mean, I use it for like little stuff, like samples or tags or something. But like, yeah. honestly, it's only one head and one platen being used, and it just sits there. Crazy. Because it's so much easier and so much faster to just like try lock a job and throw it on the on the auto, yeah. even if it's like twelve shirts, you can do it in seconds. Yeah, it's like on the manual, you're like turning knobs and <laughs> it's like manually pulling a screen down. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I just in five years I'm gonna phone you and be like, "Don't, I got my auto." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be like, you're gonna be like, I see what you mean now. Yeah. And then you're going to talk shit about manual printers. <laughs> yeah, I always said from day one, I never want to go auto, but fucking hell, some of the shit I'm like, I'm going to go auto. It's just like the equipment you buy and the stuff like that when you grow, it's not less necessarily like a quality less thing. Like I know there's a lot of printers that manually print and they're like hand pulled. And it's like, honestly, most of the time when people say that, it's because that's the only option they have. Yeah. But like when you have an auto, it's like consistent pressure, like all the prints are perfect um but the thing is it's quality of life like you don't have to bend over and like pull a squeegee your wrists don't hurt it's like i just sold our other auto to a guy that's you know 20 minutes down the road and he was doing what you're doing just manually printing everything and he's like same thing he's like i have a wife and kids another job but when i have to print jobs i'm there till like two in the morning every night trying to print shirts it's like now that he has the auto he's going to do his whole week's worth of work in one day and then he has the rest of the week to like hang out with his kids yeah like it's a qual like i said it's quality of life like do you yeah. want to just keep doing that every day for years and years or do you want to like invest in a piece of equipment that like gives you so much life back yeah so it's like that's just really where when you get to the point when you can afford it and get it then do it but yeah. don't ever like go balls deep in debt to get one like no only do it when you have the money available yeah that's good good advice man appreciate that thank you that's why i said with like corona we're thriving because I don't have any, I don't really have any bills. Yeah. I'm just kind of like taking whatever comes in and going for it. But like you could go really hard into getting uh, like in debt with an auto because not only do you have to buy the auto, you have to buy the air compressor, the chiller, like upgraded power. Yeah. You know, bigger dryer. And it's like, you don't think about it, but then now you're like $150,000 in debt. It's not just the auto you're buying. You're buying everything right. else. Though. You have to buy a ton of stuff. And then you're like, oh, well, I need another employee to help me pull shirts off. Yeah. Pull shirts off the dryer. And then it just snowballs into like, what did I get myself into? Yeah. But you'll I get there. Yeah, I get there. Well, I'll have to come out and visit. When we're out in uh, Long Island next, we'll, uh, we'll take a road trip yeah. up to you. It's not far. It's like three hours away. Yeah. Yeah, I did check it out. Yeah, we'll come. We'll come, yeah. we'll come yeah. see you, man. Come like, out. If there's If there's like a place that i can get a guest spot nearby i might even bring my machines as well where's your where's your local shop your local yeah he's like 20 minutes from here 
Boom. Okay. Yeah. Fucking hell. Well, they I'll, just tell, I'll just tell Josh he, he has to let you in, even, <laughs> even if he doesn't want Okay, to. cool. All right, cool. Yeah, do that. Do what's, that. The sh- what's the studio called? Was it Alchemist? Oh, my yeah. his studio? Yeah. No, his, his. Oh, okay. It's that one. Sound. Uh, okay. So it's. Um, yeah, so that's the, the, your local studio, right? Yeah, it's him and Tom Bowman. Amazing. amazing. Yeah, cool, man. Awesome. That'd be amazing. That'd be wicked. We're meant to be due, we're due out at the end of the year, right? If everything drops off. Yeah, I think if everything drops off, I think it's like October time. Like Halloween generally, I come out. So it could be... You come over here sort of, quite often? Once a year. Once a year, yeah, we try. Hopefully by the time we come out we'll have had our like um tests done, like our bigger tests for bikes, and then we can just like hire a bike and come like right out. Yeah, that'd be down. That's the plan. Yeah, we could just hire a bike from New York and then ride up and see you. That's a, that's, it's a really nice ride too. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well like where I'm at in upstate New York, it's all like hills and trees and you know, fucking mountains and shit. Yeah, nice. fucking love it. Nice. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks so much for coming on, Dylan. I Matt, really appreciate you. your time. Um, no if you need any help with the podcast, just give me a shout and I'll yeah, for do sure. what I can to help you. Yeah, um, and if you when you finish this or you have any promo materials for, for this show or any other show, send it to me and I'll I'll post them up. Amazing. Thank you, you, dude. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks, guys. Good work Cheers, yeah. Dylan. Take care, yeah. man. Stay safe. Bye. Yeah. for listening to this episode this one was particularly close to me as i found it pretty damn difficult over the last few years trying to piece my business together it's nice to see someone in the same industry as myself who has also been through similar challenges don't forget that you can check out the show notes on www.progressionoverdestination.co.uk and if you enjoyed please leave us a message on any of our socials our handle is at progression over destination We'll see you next time where we'll be chatting to Kirk Diggler of Yeo Familia Tattoo Aftercare Products.